Hi everyone. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Dollar Mentor podcast series. Dollar Mentor is a nonprofit organization. It's a small establishment with a big mission to serve the community by facilitating awareness and education on common financial topics, encouraging progress towards financial freedom, and helping everyone thrive. Dollar Mentor is a completely volunteer-driven organization. Neither the organization nor the people running it receive any compensation or economic benefits from the activities. Dollar Mentor does not sell any goods, services, or products. Everything that Dollar Mentor has to offer to the community is completely free. All resources and content of Dollar Mentor, including this podcast, its website, its lectures, and mentoring are for educational and informational purposes only. Dollar Mentor does not provide any professional services, including advice on legal, investments, taxes, and similar things. For expert advice or assistance that's tailored to your specific situation, please consult a competent professional. For general education and learning, continue listening to this podcast. We hope you'll enjoy it and find it useful. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. I am Rumela, your podcast host. We have an exciting episode here today. We are going to talk about Dollar Mentor. But before I get there, let me give you some background on what I'm doing here in this podcast. A few weeks ago, I got a call from a family friend, Sanjeev. I've known Sanjeev for many years and our families meet up once in a while with other friends. Both of us have some personal artistic interests. I am into acting and theatre and he is into live music. But we've never worked on a common project together. Anyways, he asked me if I could help with hosting a podcast series. I've never done it before and I've always enjoyed trying new things. So, naturally, I was extremely interested. Plus, I was getting tired of the lockdown. And wanting to do something useful with my time, I signed up without much thought. I had a few questions to begin with. For starters, what is the podcast series about and who is the publisher? Sanjeev did explain a bit over the phone, but I got the impression that it was some sort of an educational series to teach people about money and finances. Hmm, my curiosity peaked and I had more questions. At this point, Sanjeev came up with the suggestion. Why don't we make the first episode to address these questions? I said, why not? So here we are friends with our first episode. With me is my friend Sanjeev Saha. Sanjeev, do you want to add anything before we start? Sure, that was a nice intro. Thank you. Hello listeners. Thank you for joining us. And before we start, I want to thank Rumela for being so helpful as always. I also want to thank my daughter Ishani who is helping me with the podcast production. Both of you are so kind and sweet. <laughs> my pleasure. So when we first talked, you said that this podcast is for Dollar Mentor. Obviously, my first question was, and I'm pretty sure that the listeners will have the same question too. What is Dollar Mentor? Okay, instead of answering that, 
let me redirect the question to you when you hear the name dollar mentor what comes to your mind did you just trick me you are the one who's <laughs> supposed to answer not me <laughs> um now let me think dollar means it has something to do with money and mentor means it has something to do with teaching or guiding together dollar mentor is something to do with teaching about money am i too far off you are pretty close and i want to add two things to what you said first at a high level it's not about money per se but the overall financial topics that matter to everyone money is just a tool to get through and enjoy our life most of us don't have a clear picture of how to think about money and how it influences our life priorities financial well-being is equally important as physical well-being or emotional well-being we all need to learn a few things about money and take care of certain financial things ourselves and we do it not just for ourselves but for our families and the people we care about second mentoring is slightly different than teaching or coaching counseling advising etc mentoring has a lot to do with helping others so that they can figure out things on their own so that they can ask the right questions and also find the answers on their own you learn from a teacher you get advice from a counselor or advisor you get hands on training from a coach but from a mentor you learn why you need to learn in the first place and how to learn i see um so who came up with this idea A- and why well <clears throat> i and two other co-founders of dollar mentors we wanted to do something to help people learn about money now all three of us are software software professionals and we had to learn money related things on our own and it took us lots of time and energy and lot of patience too to learn these things so we all realized that it could have been much simpler if we had a financial mentor of some sort someone trustworthy who could help us with our learning we founded dollar mentor in august 2020 with the goal of helping others with financial education oh i see i i think i get the concept but it still doesn't answer what dollar mentor is I mean is it a club or is it a social community is it a membership association or uh, something like that uh, yeah dollar mentor is a non-profit organization it's incorporated and registered with the state of washington it's a small organization that has a big mission we want to serve the community by facilitating awareness and education on common financial topics we'd like to encourage people towards financial freedom and help everyone thrive oh i didn't realize it was an organization um, so does it have employees no dollar mentor is a 100% volunteer driven organization which means there is no paid employees or contractors there are three board members who do most of the work plus there are some other folks who help us with several things for example you are helping us with this podcast right yeah. and you are doing it for free by the way i hope you know that you are doing it for free <laughs> <laughs> of course i do <laughs> i'm glad i'm able to help out in fact i have volunteered with other non-profits 
actually i have a question about non-profits i hope it doesn't sidetrack our discussion though but uh, can you tell me a bit more about what it means to be a non-profit sure uh, basically a non-profit like dollar mentor has a well-defined charitable purpose so things like education arts public safety etc and the organization is exclusively set up to carry out only those activities that relate to its purpose and it's not allowed to perform certain other activities such as political or legislation lobbying etc and its assets or income are to be used for the organization's mission they cannot be used to benefit any private individual and if you want to find out more the internal revenue service they have helpful resources for exempt organizations you can start with www.irs.gov/eo e for exempt and o for organization and from that website you can navigate uh, through the different links hmm um does a non-profit organization need approval or clearance from irs normally if a non-profit organization wants to be treated as an uh, as a tax exempt organization it needs to apply to irs to get a formal determination letter now it's a bit involved and expensive process thankfully for small organizations like ours irs has an exception if it is organized and operated as a tax exempt organization which dollarmeter is then it will be treated as tax exempt without requiring a formal application to the irs as long as it meets two conditions firstly this rule does not apply to private foundations second it's a normal annual receipt must be below a certain dollar limit it's $5000 per year Dollarmeter meets uh, both this test, so we decided to take advantage of the IRS exception and not apply for a formal 501c3 approval. Oh boy, <laughs> that's too much information about non-profit and tax exempt. <laughs> Sorry, I asked that. No anyway, problem. coming back to Dollarmeter, does someone need to be a member of the organization or be a part of the group for its services? No, we do not have any membership or anything. all our offerings are for the general public in the future we may have a mailing list or some sort of community for newsletters and things like that but for now there is no such plan um sorry i don't really understand that so if there is no membership does someone get any service how does someone get any service from dollar mentor sure to start with we are counting on word of mouth approach which is through social contacts and personal networks and things like that If anyone knows us directly or through their friends or family they can anytime contact us individually and we can start that I see so if i come across someone who could use financial education i can simply connect them to you or anyone from the organization sure or someone can simply email our organization directly the email id is contact@dollarmentor.org and we can take it from oh perfect and how much does one pay for it i guess it depends on the individual person right oops my bad i should have been very explicit about it because it's so fundamental to our organization there is no payment or fees involved at all all offerings of dollar mentor are absolutely free we do not sell any products goods or services really 
So, do you get any commissions or referral fees? Nope. We neither give any professional service nor refer to professional service providers. So, we do not receive any compensation, commissions, fees, referrals or any other economic benefit that you can think of for our services to the public. Our policy is extremely strict about this. Wow! You don't charge anything, sell anything, get fees or commissions. I- I'm sure you make some money from advertisements or things like that. Actually, we had discussed about using advertisements and we decided against it for now. And there are several reasons. First, any advertisement, they simply cluttered things. And we want to keep our content free of such distractions. Second, we won't be able to control what is being advertised, for the most part. So, we don't want to appear as if we are promoting some certain things and getting a cut. And most importantly, we don't want to create the impression that we are somehow trying to make some money from our effort. Because we simply aren't, are not doing that. Wow, that is incredible. So, what's your source of income? Well, our only source of income is contributions and donations, both internally and externally. The directors made some initial contribution, and as we talked to outside people about our mission, we got incredibly positive response. And people not only encouraged us and gave lots of tips and sessions, but they opened their wallets too. And to be honest, we don't need a lot of money to do what we want to do. The main currency we spend is our time. We give time for others and also for creating the organization's resources. You and I both have uh, worked with other volunteer nonprofits, right? Mm-hmm. And what do we do? We give our time and energy for those organizations so that they can do their activities. So whether it's a charity, live performance of music or drama or things like that. It is the same idea here in Dollar I see. That means you don't plan to monetize Dollar Mentor at all. Is that right? That is correct. Firstly, it's a volunteer-run non-profit organization. The organization's assets are for the charity purpose, not for anyone's private benefit. And it's not a side business or anything like that. So there is no question of monetizing Dollar Mentor. We simply need enough money to sustain the operations. And if you look at us, all the founders are very frugal in their lifestyle. And this has reflected in our organization too. We keep our expenses low and we want to keep it this way for as long as we can. And we think we can cover that from our donations from people who relate to the mission. Wow, I'm curious. Is there a reason that you are so particular about this? Honestly, I don't see anything wrong with some sort of income through your services. Yeah, I mean, the reason is quite simple. People we intend to help must have the confidence and assurance upfront that we have not absolutely nothing to gain from this participation. Other than, of course, our own satisfaction that we could make some difference to someone. And as it is, people are normally very private with their money. People share a lot of personal and in- intimate things with friends, but they rarely feel comfortable to talk about their money-related stuff. And to add to that, anything that relates to money has an inherent conflict of interest. And for our mission to be successful, it's particularly important to gain trust and confidence of the people we are trying to help. 
I agree 100%. If I need help from someone about something, I have to first make sure that the other party doesn't have any hidden agenda or conflict of interest. I guess this is more important for financial stuff. I can understand why Dollar Mentor is so hardcore about it. Wow, that's quite a lot of information to process. So folks, let's take a small break after which we will continue to bug Sanjeev with more questions. Sure. I think you'll agree with me when I say that we should have at least a basic financial knowledge so that we can make good decisions with our money and life. Whether we're thinking of buying a car, choosing a career, saving or borrowing money, making investments, or even simple things like getting a morning coffee on our way to work, good money decisions have a long-term impact on the quality of our lives and ability to reach our important goals. But how do American families fare in financial education? The answer may surprise you. According to a worldwide study titled Financial Literacy Around the World, the United States ranked 14th in terms of financial literacy. Australia, Canada, Israel, and several European countries scored higher. The 2016 Survey of Consumer Finances, sponsored by the Federal Reserve Board and the Department of Treasury, included three questions to test financial knowledge of the respondents. The results were similar. More than half of the participants got at least one answer wrong. But these weren't trick questions. They were about simple things that people should know for many everyday money-related decisions. Curious to know whether you would get the answers right? Let's find out. I'll share the questions and, if you want to, take a second to jot the answers down. We'll revisit the answers before the end of this episode. The first question, true or false? Buying a single company stock is usually safer than a stock mutual fund. The second question, suppose you have $100 in a savings account. The interest rate is 2% per year. How much money do you expect in the account after five years? Less than $110, exactly $110, or more than $110. Third question. Imagine the interest rate on your savings account is 1% per year and inflation is 2% per year. After one year, will you be able to buy more than today, exactly the same as today, or less than today? Want to find out if you made the cut? Why don't you stay tuned and enjoy the rest of the episode? I'll get back to you later to reveal the answers. Talk to you soon. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you are all looking forward to the next segment of Dollar Mentor. I know I am. So, Sanjeev, tell me a bit more about your approach. What are the specific things you plan to do? And how are you going to help the people? Great question. We have thought about multiple ways to help people. And we think that the most effective way is by mentoring, either individually or in a group. This involves a lot of time commitment from both sides, and it can go on over a prolonged time. But the benefit is huge. Why do you emphasize so much on mentoring? And what's so special about it? 
The main reason is the effectiveness of mentoring approach. I have had several mentors at different times throughout my life and career. And the same is true for the other directors too. And we all experience the same thing. It's a beautiful relationship that can be very rewarding as long as there is mutual trust and confidence. And it gives people unbiased perspective about how to think about or approach something. It helps people to get started quickly so that a complex, ambiguous thing doesn't seem that way for much long. People can soon learn things and learn how to help themselves and make progress on their own. Ultimately, success comes only when the motivation and the effort comes from within. Mentoring people, it, it prepares them to be on this path and stay there. It's a long-term commitment, but it's fulfilling for everyone. I get it that mentoring is most effective, but isn't it very time-consuming too? How many people can be helped with mentoring, especially given that your organization is so small? You are right in that mentoring is going to be very time-consuming, especially if it is done individually instead of a group. But here is the beauty of mentoring. A mentee, that is a person being mentored, eventually becomes a mentor over, over a period of time. Take my case for examples. I was being mentored. I used to be a mentee. And now I mentor other people. And some of them mentor others too. The other directors, they had the same experience as well. Over time, the reach through mentoring multiplies. And you can think of it as the same principle as compounding growth. Oh God, I'm sorry, you lost me there with compounding. Are you talking math? I'm afraid it's not my strong suit. Well, don't worry, you don't need to be a math genius to understand this. Uh, let me illustrate this with a hypothetical example. Let's say I have time for doing one of the two things. Either I can take a, a class of some sort every month and in each class there will be 10 new participants for each session or I can mentor an individual for a year so that the person learns things for themselves and the person can get to a position to mentor someone else. And like I said, I can do only one of these two, either take the class or mentor someone. And which one do you think will reach more people? Aha, that one is easy. If you take one class each month and 10 people can attend, then you reach 120 people every year. Obviously, that's, the, that's higher than just mentoring a single person in a year. <laughs> Come on, I'm not that bad with math. <laughs> I'm afraid you missed something here. The person who is receiving mentoring for a year can now mentor someone, mentor another person. For example, a family member or a friend. Are you sure you account, accounted for this compounding growth? Okay, I overlooked that. But I'm sure if it makes much difference, um, I'm actually not sure it makes much difference. Let me think. In the first year, you are the only person who can mentor and you help a mentee, right? In the second year, both of you can mentor two more people. In the third year, there will be four more mentors. 
Is this what you're implying? Bingo. You are on the right track and not only that, congratulations. You are now describing compounding growth, which is one of the most important lessons of finance. Okay, so this is how compounding works. But won't it take long time before the mentoring approach reaches a large audience? You might be surprised by how the compounding math works. For example, in this particular case where things are doubling every year, by the end of the 11th year, there will be over 2,000 people who are reached by mentoring. Compared to less than 1,500 people, if I were to just give a class. So from this point, the mentoring reach simply takes off. The classroom approach has no chance at all. Anyways, this is just a hypothetical thing to illustrate one point. With mentoring, the number of people we reach will be small initially, though I hope that each of them will get to a place where they can also mentor others, I also know that most of them won't have the time or inclination to do so. At the same time, I know there are hundreds of people who are passionate about helping others with financial education. In fact, some of these people are our inspiration to start something like this. Do you plan to do anything else other than mentoring? Yes, we have a few more things in mind. We are planning to do some interactive presentations and classes. This isn't as effective as in-person mentoring, but it is still useful, especially if it is done in a small, homogeneous audience. For example, young people who joined the workforce recently, or homemaking parents, etc. We want to develop a couple of courses that people can take on their own, in their own time. And we plan to use our website, which is www.dollarmentor.org, to publish some basic educational materials. Things like blog posts, articles, recorded presentations, etc. And this podcast series is part of the third approach. It's mostly to complement our other efforts. And we are optimistic that over time, our effort will have a lasting and meaningful impact on others. I agree. And I hope the same happens too. And this was really a fun experience despite the math. But before you trick me into another math problem, I have one last question for today. If there's a single takeaway you have for your listeners from today's episode, what would that be? I just want to emphasize how important it is for every single person to have some working knowledge about money and finances because it's so vital for each of our life's decisions, whether it's big or small. The biggest hurdle for most of us is that we don't even realize its importance. We just assume that someone else will take care of it or we can blindly follow what others do or tell us to do. And this misconception can lead to nasty surprises and stress in many ways throughout our life. And it doesn't take much time to learn and there are plenty of help available. But it's not going to happen automatically unless one feels the need and takes the initiative. And this is our most important message today for our listeners. Sounds good. I feel like I could use some financial awareness and education myself. To be frank, I'm quite clueless when it comes to money. 
So thank you so much, Sanjeev, for starting Dollar Mentor. Perhaps we can do some future episodes about the basics and how to get started. And until then, friends, stay safe and have a wonderful day. Thank you. Before we end, let's quickly go over the questions from the 2016 survey of consumer finances. Is it safer to buy a single company stock than a stock mutual fund? This question is about investment risk and diversification. Have you heard the phrase, don't put all your eggs in the same basket? Well, the same thing applies to stock investments. Instead of investing in a single company stock, it is usually safer to go for a stock fund that invests in many companies. The second question is the essence of compounding interest. Even though the savings account pays 2% interest per year, the interest is deposited into the account. So the next time around, you get interest on not only the original $100, but also on the interest that was previously deposited. This goes on as long as the money is left to grow. So in five years, you'll have more than a simple interest calculation. The third question is about inflation and purchasing power. If your money isn't growing fast enough to beat inflation, you lose the purchasing power of that money. At 2% annual inflation, what costs $100 today will cost $102. If you get 1% interest on your $100 savings, you will have only $101. So you won't be able to buy the same thing as you would today. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope it was helpful. If you want to know more about Dollar Mentor or have any questions, please visit www.dollarmentor.org or shoot us an email at contact at dollarmentor.org. Please remember that this podcast was not individually tailored investment advice or any other professional advice, but was strictly for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes. Stay safe, and we hope to have you back again for the next episode.